Breezeway is all about uncovering initiatives that are forever changing the guest experience. Breezeway's best-in-class property operations and messaging platform helps do just that by helping operators differentiate their brand and deliver more service to their clients. Breezeway's smart messaging tools makes it easy to send welcome messages, resolve in-house issues, share status updates, and offer stay extensions and other services. Powering operations with messaging also enables automated texts to notify guests when a property is ready for check-in, along with assigning work orders to your staff to second guests message in with a request. Combine the power of your operations with client communications and visit breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. That's breezeway.io forward slash guest X to learn more. Welcome to the Guest X Podcast, where my co-host Brian Hamawi and I uncover the latest technologies and human-driven initiatives that are raising customer expectations and forever changing how we define customer experience across a host of industries. If you are passionate about creating incredible content and unique experiences, join us as we talk to leading product and experience experts across the globe and learn about how today's most successful brands are setting themselves apart from the competition. Good morning. My name is Matthew Loney, co-host of the Guest X podcast, here with my co-host, Brian Hamawi. And Brian, I feel like this year we've talked more about you and weather than uh, than one would normally expect considering that you live in Orlando. But I will ask you again, is everybody in Orlando okay? There was the deep freeze uh, yes. a couple months okay. ago. Everybody made it through the deep freeze and now they you're deep freeze. Right. And now you're okay through what? Like, I, I, would you call them tornadoes? It was I, tornadoes was, last night. Yeah. That was very interesting. I think in the last well, 20 years that I've been here, I've never experienced a tornado. It's just bizarre. Uh, in the Orlando market. It, and it was literally, I could see it on the lake. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. That yeah, that's kind of like what, what they call they call them something the water spouts or whatever yeah. they are, right? Because they're not. Yeah. You know, um, so this one traveled through the highways and it went into the downtown. It was crazy. Wow! Wow! Well, yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad everybody's safe. I'm glad everybody's, everybody's safe. Good. Hey, um, so really excited. This is gonna this is gonna be fun. We're gonna get into a topic or an area of business that we haven't spent a lot of time on because, which is kind of that luxury brand, right? There is this. Um, obviously, there's always been this strong luxury product line in vacation rentals, villas, things like that, partially because additional space costs more money and, um, and these homes are available. And, and when you think about traveling internationally, yeah, there's a certain amount you're, you're spending. And so probably your, your lower priced travelers are, are not searching for those products quite as much, but there is a really strong product line in the luxury line. And, and, Different guest experience, different guest expectations, therefore different guest experience. So I'm, I'm excited about this today. I am too. I mean, you're, it it's all comes down to the level of service. The service level changes entirely. So 
different type of guests, different expectations, like you said. Uh, I'm excited to talk to today's guest. So why don't we welcome him? Yeah. Steve Blackman is a travel industry veteran nominated by Virtuoso Network as an ambassador for Best of Best in 2019. Steve is the vice president of Villa Product and Agency Relations for World Travel Holdings Luxury Villa Division. Prior to joining World Travel Holdings in 2005, he served uh, as VP of sales for both Apple Vacations and Travel Impressions. Steve has also held some incredible leadership uh, positions in some of the most recognizable brands, including um, Lowe's Hotels, Cunard Cruise Lines, United Airlines. Steve, welcome to the show. Brian, Matt, thank you so much. I, I, I do want to give you a special shout out, Brian, when I heard Matt talking about the deep freeze. Yeah. I now know why I now know why Mavis tire stock went up because <laughs> yeah. in Florida, all you need is a deep freeze and everyone's running out buying snow tires. Oh, it's, so, it's nuts exactly. here. Yeah. yeah. So I it was wild that. for for a good, you know, 20 minutes we were down into the twenties. It was yeah. wild. <laughs> I'm sure the I mean if Sears was still around, they they would have done well. Yeah. I was expecting snowboarding and skiers and all this kind of stuff going yeah. down the, the I know, highway. I know. But no, it's a pleasure to be here. And I appreciate you guys asking me to join. I always love talking about my favorite subject, which is, you know, luxury vacation experiences. So I'm here and uh, here to talk, have a conversation. So before we get into the actual topic, explain to us what you do, what your company does, um, and, and what role you guys play in our space. Sure. So as you mentioned, I have a nice title, but I'm just like a jack of all trades, basically at Villas of Distinction. So Villas of Distinction is a company that's been around 32 plus years. We focus on the luxury villa vacation experience. And I start there because it is really about the experience. And we think that's kind of what separates us from everyone else, where other companies focus on the rental. Where are we renting? What's the home? Where is it going to be? The first question we ask every guest or every travel advisor that reaches out to us is, what is the experience the guest wants to have? Because then we can back into where you're going to stay and the destination you're going to stay. So I'm kind of like the um, vice president of guest experience, which is just you know trying to figure out what they want. So from a concierge perspective, which I'm sure we'll get into, it's we have a full team of concierges that that will say, Brian, oh, you want to do a tequila tasting in Los Cabos? Oh, you want us to do a, a mermaid encounter in, in Turks and Caicos? You want a wine tasting in, in Tuscany? Whatever it is you want, our concierge team will, will do there. So we, we start from there. And then I go out and I secure the product with a product team that we can create that full experience for the guests. So that's kind of what I do. And that's kind of what Villas of Distinction is known for. And, you know, we're just continuing, you know, one of the things that, that I want to talk about is, you know, a lot of these companies believe, you know, the more villas we have, the better. Well, that's not our philosophy. Our philosophy is very simple. We don't want to have the most villas. We just want to have the best villas. And I think during our conversation today, we'll see why we have that philosophy. So it's absolutely fascinating and a very difficult part of the market, Matt. I mean, I think, you know, just managing vacation rentals in general is a, is a tough job, but then you take it to the luxury level and the level of guest experience and services changes entirely. And the interesting thing about that comment, Brian, is luxury means different things to different people. 
Mm. Luxury can be, you know, at 12,000 a week luxury for a client or luxury could be at $250,000 a week for that client. And we service all of that and in between. Yeah. And we, we were talking before the show started about also then the added complexity of not controlling the lodging. You talk about, Steve, the, the um, concierge service, but mm-hmm. there it, it is within your control, right? That, that is a team that you're working with to build those experiences. So I, I imagine similar to brands such as Marriott Homes and Villas, which has started to get into the space as, a, as an outlet for their Bonvoy members and some of their branding, that selection and criteria. So give us an idea of how you, you all go through that process of first identifying the destinations, which I imagine is an ever-changing list of where you need to be able to access inventory, and then crossing that with the available inventory, which Brian and I, we do a lot of international shows. We'll be over at um, Focus Right Europe this year. Mm-hmm. And the difference in uh, expectations across borders is very different. So you, you, you know, if you've got a U.S. guest who's going to Spain, luxury in Spain may not be their definition of luxury if they're coming from the U.S. and have never been to Spain. So how are you managing all of that and, and just keeping it to where you're meeting expectations? Well, let's, let's start with pre-pandemic because it, it's, it's changed a lot in the past two years. You know, pre-pandemic, we were pretty much an international company, meaning we were sending people to international destinations around the globe. Obviously, pandemic hits. Nobody's pretty much traveling internationally. What are we going to do? We pivoted quickly, and we went from having about 2 to 3% of our inventory domestically to almost 20% of our inventory domestically. Wow. Overnight, we pivoted. And so what we do is obviously we look for areas of need. And when you talk about area of need, we work with three distinct groups. We work with travel advisors around the globe, which is our number one source of business, the travel advisor. Number two, we have these partner brands, which if we want to go into, we can. And then we have the consumer direct. And they're all requesting certain areas. So nothing is going to surprise you. Our largest selling destinations internationally are the Caribbean, Mexico, Europe, you know, and in Europe, you're talking, you know, Italy, France, Greece, Spain, Mm -hmm. really, you know, then we throw in, you know, some Central America, some South Pacific um, and areas like that. But the main, the main squeeze for internationals, Caribbean, Mexico, and Europe. So then you throw in this new domestic product that we have, which over the past two years has been tremendous. But again, It's the areas you think people want to go to. So by no surprise, I'm going to tell you the number one destinations that we offer are Florida, California, and then the ski destinations, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, you know, those areas. Nothing shocking. Now, of course, we are up and down the East Coast. So we do have the Carolinas. We have Virginia. We have New York. But again, the bulk of that domestic business is going to be in areas where you think people want to go. So that's how we start the sourcing processes. Where's the demand? Where do people want to go? Then we do one of two things. We look for a, and I know this is part of your audience, but we look for a very good 
management company that we will interview to see if they share similar processes that we share, you know, similar philosophies, you know, and obviously do our homework on the financial background. Because one of the things that we, we stand and what we say to people when they book with us, we, 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 we vet, we inspect, and we guarantee the quality of everything we sell. And we stand behind that financially. So what do I mean by that? I know we were talking a little bit prior to coming on, um, but I think this is a perfect example of that. In 2017, when the hurricanes hit the Caribbean and destroyed islands, we had consumers with about $7 million worth of villa vacation rentals. What are you going to do? We couldn't, a lot of it, like I'll use St. Martin as an example. You, the banks were, there was no banking system for you know weeks because there's no power, there's no, you know, so that money, even if it's being held somewhere, it's not available to anybody. So our ownership said, look, we have to take care of our customers. So we offered the customer a choice. We'll give you a refund now, or which this was the majority of the cases, because most people wanted to travel. They wanted to go to a destination that wasn't impacted. So let's say Brian was going to St. Martin. Now he's going to Barbados, wasn't impacted. Well, if Brian paid us $20,000 for his villa, we fronted that $20,000 to the new owner so that Brian could still travel. So to us, that's the financial integrity. That's what we're looking for in partners because we were laying out $7 million. I'm trusting each of these partners that we're going to get this money back from the partners, which we did. So we're looking for people that are like-minded financially. And then we're looking at the villas and we have a checklist in the villa of about a hundred different items, you know, things that people don't even think about when they're going to a villa, you know, for one, I'll give you an example. So if you have a five bedroom villa and it's 10 people, well, you know, you're going to want, and let's say it's in the Caribbean. Well, you need seating for 10 people around the swimming pool. You need seating, you know, at any of the tables where people are going to dine for 10 plus people. You want to make sure you've got enough silverware, plates, you know, the, the usual things that you would expect. Okay. You'd want to make sure that if I'm in, if Brian's in bedroom one and Matt's in bedroom five, that when they're both taking a shower, one's got hot water, the other one has hot water. One's got pressure, the other one's got pressure. You know, these are things that we look at when we're actually inspecting the homes. Because the way I look at things, our philosophy, our, our simple philosophy is guest first. We want to put our guest first. So I consider myself a guest, just like I would consider you, Matt, or you, Brian, a guest. How would I feel if Matt was taking a hot shower in bedroom one and I'm in bedroom five and I got a trickle of cold water? That house is not going to fly for us. Okay. How does, you know, how do they manage the house? How do they clean the house? What is, you know, especially during now, what are the protocols for cleaning? How is their staff involved? So we're going to do, we have, like I said, we have a 20, about a hundred point checklist when we go into a home to look at, you know, like if I walk into a home and you've got a Sony Trinitron, I'm not putting that home. It's not luxury. Okay. Obviously everyone expects, you know, flat screen TVs, but I have walked into homes where there've been you know, old television sets, or you walk into a home and you try to catch the Wi-Fi and you walk out to the swimming pool and the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Well, that's not luxury. I will tell you the number one thing people ask about in luxury is connectivity. It is absolutely connectivity because a lot of people, as we all know, are working when they're on vacation. 
I do it. I never shut off. So connectivity is super important. So we're looking for partners or homeowners that have similar um, mindset. The other thing that's important is from a technology standpoint, is the, what is the calendaring system? You know, is, it, is the homeowner using a, a piece of paper and writing down on a spreadsheet, you know, uh, Bob's coming this week, Matt's coming this week. You know, it's too difficult for us to work that way. We want partners that have electronic calendars that give us, you know, updates instantaneously. So the customer's not waiting. We live in an instantaneous world. It's people want, people call and they want availability and pricing. They want to know it right away. They don't want to go, oh, I'll get back to you in a week. You know, the homeowner's on vacation. We don't have access to his calendar. Right. You know, the other thing that we also, in all of our contracts is if you're putting your home in the rental market, the homeowner can't decide, oh, you know what? I can't take that customer anymore. They have to leave because I decided to come with my client, right? You know, come with my family. That won't fly for us either. That's interesting. Yeah. interesting. yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the questions for me is, and, and I think across the board, <clears throat> this is one of the biggest challenges, which is you onboard the units, you onboard the property mm -hmm. managers, and, and you do have your 100 point checklist. Right. What I find in most cases is when you onboard a brand new unit, it looks absolutely stunning. You yep. take those photos, everything is pristine. It's perfect, right? Six months down the line, the house has been used and abused. And maintaining the quality of the unit, all of a sudden, you know, it, it has its effects on it. And, and we see it day to day, depending on the guests that arrive. I mean, I had an instance yesterday where kids stuck blue stuff all over the carpets. They tore up the carpet. I had walls that were scratched and they just made an absolute disaster. Well, that house was literally brand new two days ago. Yeah. And I walked in yesterday and it's a completely different house because of that situation. A lot of property managers just don't understand or don't have the ability to maintain that house and then translate that to you guys that it has changed. And it's almost impossible to say, well, every four months, I'm gonna photograph the house. It's completely up to date. Technology changes. So how do you guys, what have you guys put in place to be able to keep up with the actual home itself that it is up to your standards? Because at the beginning, it's gonna reach one standard and it's probably perfectly fine. But as time moves on, that house might fall off. Are you guys using review systems? Are you actually doing, inspections on those units how does that work with you so we you know pre-pandemic obviously there was you know a pause in a lot of this because of the pandemic and the, the fact that we couldn't travel so we own a couple of management companies ourselves we own the management company in italy we own the management company in jamaica um so i'll use them as examples because that we own we visit every single home once a year every single to to do the inspection now, we as a team also go to our key destinations once a year to do that same inspection with our management partners. Now, most of the management partners that we have, again, very like-minded, they have their own inspection program. I'm not going to sit here, Brian, and tell you we don't put them in the rough very every now and again, just like you said with your home. It happens. Our best inspectors, <laughs> quite honestly, are the guests, you know, the guests that are traveling, because that's when... Like you just said, if, if guest A checks out on March 17th and guest B checks in on March 18th, you know, unless the, the housekeeping turnover crew says something, 
you know, maybe, you know, somebody didn't notice, um, like you said, the carpet got ripped. If we don't know that, and you and I both know, there's not enough time between guest check-in, check-out to fix that. We're going to know about it right away, right away. And then what we're going to do is we're, we're going to work with the owner to see if we can have it repaired. We're going to find out, you know, how deep is the problem? Um, do we need to move the guest? And if we do move the guest, then we're going to take that villa off our site until such time that we know the repair has been taken place and that we can physically go down and inspect the property to make sure it's been changed. I mean, our reputation is good. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you we're 100% because nobody's 100%. But we've, we've, we've pretty much maintained the level that we can inspect every home because we don't have and I'll use, you know, a company like Airbnb that's probably got six or seven million homes and doesn't even hide the fact that they've never been inside any of them. You know, we have about 3,600 homes and that's it's on purpose. Still a huge amount of inventory. Right. I mean, you know, you're, and, and you guys are fronting that, right? To your luxury clients. You are saying, these are my units and I trust my partners Correct. to serve you guys as I'm saying you're going to be serving. Right. And so as I said to you, huge. yeah. And as I said to you, yes, we try to virtually, we try to inspect every single home, every single year. Yeah. Do we miss? Sure. But here's the deal. As I said, in the very beginning, we guarantee the quality of our villa. So if a guest goes away, we are going to do everything in our power, including, you know, reaching into our own pockets if we have to, to make it right for the guest. We want to make sure that, you know, we receive like you talked about reviews. Yes, we do get reviews. It's, it's hard because most guests don't submit reviews when, when stuff is good. Uh, usually you hear the bad review, um, but we're going to do everything in our power to make it right. And our reputation among the travel industry, the partner brands and our direct customers is really good. I mean, our average repeat rate is about 35% right now for a first time, first time customer. Once they go with us a second time, it jumps up over 50%. So we're doing something something right. And again, I want to be very clear. We're not 100%, but we're damn near close. Have you guys seen a, a change in the type of customer that's coming to you guys? So over COVID, one of the things that I've noticed is the customer's expectations changed quite a bit. Have you guys seen that trend as well um, when they're when they're looking at destinations and they're looking at particular types of homes and services? I think that the, the change came in that we received a lot of people that never traveled to a villa before. So it was important for us to make sure they understood, you know, when you get there, there's not a front desk. You know, <laughs> you know, we have we have greeters, you know, you may like, for instance, in Orlando, Brian, as we talk, 99 percent of your interaction is through an iPad or through some sort of technology. You're given a code to get into the home and you almost never speak to somebody. You know, that was a big difference trying to get people to understand that, you know, you don't have a bell captain, you don't you know, you don't you don't have a front desk, you know, so that that was probably the biggest difference was a lot of newer people traveling. We also got people that didn't realize the value of the villa. You know, people are used to um, going, I'll give you an example. If you go to Los Cabos, for instance, and you were to go to the one and only Palmilla, I'll use that as an example, the breakfast at the one and only Palmilla for, per person, and I'm probably going to be low on this, is probably about $50 per head for breakfast. 
I can put you in a villa and your meal cost per day, per day in a villa is going to be $50. Now, of course, it can be higher based upon what you're eating and what you're drinking. But, you know, the average cost for, for a villa guest in Los Cabos, for instance, is about $50 to $100 per day for three square meals and all your beverages versus $50 just for breakfast at a, at a compatible property. That's a huge saving. So I think a lot of people didn't realize, wow, this is really huge savings. A, obviously the whole, you know, when we told people, we, you know, the ultimate social distancing accommodations, people actually thought we, we like if you had a 10 bedroom villa and, and Brian rented six bedrooms of the 10, people actually thought we might've rented the other four bedrooms to strangers. <laughs> because again, we got this whole new group of people that were not familiar, you know, with villas, even in the travel advisor community, which is our largest segment. You know, I spent, I, I do about eight educational webinars a month just to educate them on our process, on what we offer, on the differences between not only a villa and a resort, but a villa and, you know, a, um, a do-it-yourself site, because there's a big difference between doing through a travel advisor and us and that. One of the cool things that we did, and we're still doing it through the pandemic, we started something called Wine Down Wednesday, W-I-N-E, where we wanted to just keep interacting with our customers. So we started once a week, then it got a little bit too much. So now we do it once a month. And what we do is, and I'm doing one actually tonight, um, we go live. We do a live remote on Zoom. And we take people on a virtual trip to one of our villas somewhere around the globe. So tonight we're going to be in Hawaii. We do it for one hour. We walk them through the villa. We show them it's, you know, it's like a live video feed and they can ask any questions of us or the people in destination. So it's a very cool way to get people to experience different parts of the world without leaving their home. So we've done last month, we were in Grenada, we've done Croatia, we've done Italy, we've done Jamaica, we've done Turks and Caicos, we've done Utah, we've done California. So we've done it, you know, around the globe. And it's, it's just a cool thing that we do. That is cool. Uh, That's a really good idea. Yeah, no, it is. It gives in, in educating, I think we've seen that even in the mainstream vacation rentals, obviously vacation rentals have been I've said the darling of travel, if you will, coming out of the pandemic because Absolutely. of the ability to social distance. And it was, it's amazing in Europe, it's much more ingrained in the culture yes. um, than, than it is here in the U S and I think probably the pandemic has done more for vacation rentals yeah. in the last two years than it could have done by itself with billions of marketing dollars over, right. over 10 years. Um, Steve, when you think about technology and the guest experience, one of the conversations we have here is is finding that balance, right? Where you talked about guests maybe getting the door code on their phone and they go in and they punch in versus you know, we've got clients who in Park City have greeters at the homes. Are you finding are your clients wanting to move more to technology and not needing as much of the in-person, you know, you can call this person and they're there for you. If you need to book anything, would they rather do it with a couple clicks or has our social distancing put more of an emphasis on human interaction? You know, I think I could answer that both ways, to be honest with you, because it really depends on the customer. There are, you know, we're definitely seeing a lot more 
millennials and younger people traveling to villas who embrace technology, who would, who embrace that, you know, texting, so to speak. So we are definitely looking at ways that we can make the communication easier. So, you know, whether it's an app on your phone that if you need, if you want to book something, you just, you know, put it in the app and it will notify us via, um, you know, a text message or, you know, where with my generation of clients, I like to talk to somebody on the phone. So we definitely see the best of both worlds. Um, we see people wanting to do more um, electronically, you know, with, um invoicing and documentation. I mean, we don't mail documents, you know, that's long been gone. But you know, there are a lot of these different itinerary builders that we're looking at doing um, things with. So it's kind of could go both ways. It really depends on the customer. Something popped into my head when 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 you were talking about what Brian asked me previously, you know, the difference one of the things that people, and I'm dropping back for one moment, Brian, to answer the question. One of the things that I've noticed with people that never booked in villas, you know, we tell people, you know, you want to, you want to book massages. Well, they, they're used to going to a spa. We bring the massage to the villa. You know, they want to do a wine tasting. Well, we can bring the sommelier to the villa. In Orlando, we were doing, um, you know, character breakfasts at the villa, you know, versus going to Disney and spending, you know, $55 to have one second photo with Mickey while there's a thousand kids running around screaming at each other. You know, so that's one of the things people are like, you mean you can bring a masseuse to my villa? I can do a tequila tasting at my villa. We've brought cigar rollers, you know, fresh rolled made cigars to villas. We do reggae parties at villas. That's the big thing people didn't really notice. Um, one, one trend, I know you haven't asked me about trends, but it just popped into my head. One Just trend that I ask you about trends. Yeah. So let, I, let me get to, okay. You want, you're going to ask me about trends. Let me tell you what we've noticed in the the first two almost two and a half months now of, of 2022. Number one, I have never seen festive, you know, the Christmas New Year's period, book so early, like it has this year. Normally we get you know normally we get people. You know, they come back, they want to rebook because they go to the same villa year after year or the same destination year after year. You get that. But normally you get a little bit of that. And then as you start getting into summer, towards the end of summer, you get towards Labor Day. That's when people really start to think about their festive vacation. Well, fast forward, January and February, we booked more festive than we've ever booked in those two months in the history of our company. So that was just one trend, more festive. The other interesting trend is pre-pandemic most people booked villas with us on the luxury side nine months to a year plus out now i'm getting people calling me this week to leave this week or this week for next week or next month or the next two months we're still getting the nine months to a year to two years out but that whole booking window has compressed amazingly the last thing is um Caribbean Mexico business has really started to come back now, obviously, because of the relaxation of, you know, protocols. It's easier to get into countries now. You don't have to quarantine. You don't have to go through, you know, filling out 14 forms and doing all this work to get into the destination. Now, Mexico and places like the Dominican Republic was very easy to travel during the pandemic, but we're seeing that 
And the other thing that we're seeing, which is interesting, and I know we talked about it a little bit before we came on the air, you know, with the war in Ukraine, we've not seen cancellations for Europe. And there is still large interest for people that want to go to Europe this summer. Now, the only little caveat to that is the people saying, yes, book me has slowed down just a little bit, you know, late, lately. And I'm not sure if it's due to Ukraine or due to the fluctuation of, of the stock market, because again, we're in, a, we're in a luxury business. I think it's a combination of two, um, but we were expecting, you know, European business to pretty much, you know, stop and maybe start seeing some cancellations, but we haven't seen it. I think, you know, that pent up demand is there. People want to travel. Um, I myself, I'm leaving for Portugal tomorrow. So, um, you know, I have- You're a lucky man. That is a beautiful place. Yes, it is. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. I think the travel trends that we're watching in our space is, has changed over the last 12 months. And it's, you know, it's a difficult uh, thing to navigate, especially with our homeowners, because it's not, especially the Orlando market. Orlando market, we used to see booking windows 12, 18 months out. Right. Uh, I'm not seeing that at the moment. And I'm wondering, and, and you know, the data that I'm seeing as well is saying very similar. What I am seeing is very short booking windows. I and mean, one people of the are that... looking for today for four or five days from now. And it's, it's, it's very, very hard to budget. Uh, it's hard to explain to the homeowners how to budget. And it's hard to manage calendars and, and handle, you know, all around guest expectations as well, because it's so such a quick turnaround where before yeah. we were able to plan so much further ahead. Right. So the, on the operational side, we've seen quite a bit of change where we have to be more reactive than uh, right. proactive. And Orlando is interesting because Orlando, you know, as you know very well, was not a 52 week a year villa rental business. But all of a sudden, it became a 52-week-a-year villa rental business. And these houses can't take that kind of beating. They, they, need, they need holes in their calendar for maintenance. Yeah, the deep you know, cleans. That, yeah. yeah. Deep yeah. cleans, the, all of it, unless you're a management company that knows. I mean, we've, we've done certain things to be able to help with that. Um, we don't do linens in-house anymore. So we work with a hotel partner now and, and we're a tiny company, but one of the right. first things that I instilled was hiring a company that can provide us with linen and towel service. Right. Uh, and they literally just do the turns. Um, so our staff doesn't have to worry about doing the wash for 10 hours. They take the dirty stuff out, they put the new stuff in and they can actually focus on the clean of the house. Right. And that in turn, you know, has helped maintain the, the, the actual quality of the home a little bit better. Right. Um, focus our time and attention into things that really need to be looked at. Um, it's, yeah, it's interesting because we always get one of the things that, that we get asked all the time is, can I have a late checkout? Can I have an early check-in? And in the villa world, as you well know, going right to this, no, because you need that window. You're not just cleaning a bedroom. You're cleaning the entire house and you want to make sure you're not rushing your staff to say, oh, just, you know, just just change the sheets and move on. No. Well, and I can tell you with some of the, the changes in, in guest types as well, we we do a 24 hour gap between reservations. now. There's no way we can we can do it without it. But if I had some of the messes that happened here and I didn't have that 24 hour gap to repair, there is yeah. no way I could have a guest 
Landed yeah, I mean, that would be my, my biggest suggestion to, to management companies and homeowners, just what you said, have those gaps, have those gaps because yeah. you need them. Well, and I think too, Brian, and we've talked about this, the, the issue with labor has made that even more important. I think in Hawaii, I mentioned earlier, a few of our partners in Hawaii went to mandatory and it was just about, they just didn't have the people to turn right. 150 homes in a day between yeah. 10 and four. It just, it just was not going to happen. And, and homeowners do, you know, they, they throw a lot of them throw up their arms. You know, you're losing me a day, but they just don't understand yeah. that it's just not possible, especially too. Um, people don't realize a lot of vacation rental managers don't know when those guests leave. So they have to assume that they're there until 10 o'clock Right. Even though that guest may have left at six and, and technology's helping with that, but it's still something that's difficult in that um, if you don't know, then you got to assume because you don't want cleaners sitting in the driveway at eight o'clock in the morning waiting for guests. To, that's not a good guest experience. You feel like you're being pushed out the door. So it's, it is difficult. The yeah. operations of this industry and educating people on that so that their expectations match the operational reality, I think, is very important. Yeah, it's, interesting. it's difficult, it, it, I think, being able to maintain, you know, you're talking about a vacation home sometimes that has 10 bedrooms. Well, that's the equivalent of 10 hotel rooms. Right. So, you know, if we, we're trying to turn it around in eight or 10 hours, and then you've got the added things like your pool. Uh, you've got an independent pool. You've got a full kitchen that you've got to clean. You've got a full dining room that you've got to set up. There's a full game room that you've got to do inventory checks on. And so I think the complexities behind, I call them mini hotels. Every home runs as a mini hotel. Absolutely. Uh, and, and then if you don't look at it that way and it's just a vacation rental well, and you're just doing a clean, that's not going to be good enough. And what's going to happen is eventually companies like us are going to drop those homes and guests are going to stop requesting those homes. That's what's going to happen. So you're going to lose more than one day here or there. You're going to actually end up losing weeks. Yep. Yep. And, 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 and this is a lot. And I think um, it's a great way to kind of wrap it up because it stresses the importance. And we talk a lot about this prime with, if you're managing properties, there's a tendency to promise the world to these homeowners and then deal with the consequences later to get inventory and inventory has been, tougher to get recently. Yeah. I, I do think air DNA was projecting, um, by the way, congrats on their acquisition, Brian, if you saw that, but, um, they're projecting, I think a 15% increase in inventory this year in the U S which will really help over last year, but you've got to set the expectations of your homeowners is as important as setting the expectations to your guests. Cause if not, you're going to fail one or both of them. And that's not good for anybody. So, um, hey, Steve, this is fascinating and, and, and um, hearing about you go to Portugal. So I'm going to be in, uh, I think I'm going to be in Marbella, uh, Spain for, uh, yeah, I'm going to go over with Brian to London. And then three weeks later, we have to be in Amsterdam. So I decided I may just stay over there. But um, but I'm, I'm jealous thinking of you flying to Portugal tomorrow. If I think we probably do have a number of listeners who 
may have the right inventory for Villas of Distinction, or just may want to get in touch with you about what you guys are doing. And, and there may be some opportunities. What is the best way for people to, to do that? Well, the best way is email, obviously, because email you can read anywhere in the world. Yep. Even in Portugal. Like in Portugal. That's right. <laughs> and I'm always working. I'm always connected. So my email um, is my first initial S, my last name, which I believe is on a screen, but uh, I could spell it. It's L is in love, A double S as in sugar, M A N at three letters, W T H, that's William Tom Henry.com. That is truly the best way to get a hold of me. I mean, I'm happy to give phone numbers, but. Yeah. No, that's that's perfect. And yeah. uh, well, thank you, Steve. And thank you for joining us and taking the time out of your day. Uh, Absolutely. I do love I love the wine, wine down Wednesday and, and giving tours of homes. I think there's a lot of partners out there who struggle with how do I how do I keep up a social media presence? It, it gets to where it's a little repetitive. It's like the same old pictures of Right. empty living rooms and they're beautiful homes, but there's only so many times. And that's, that's really a cool way of engaging your audience. I think it's a great idea and you can feature new properties maybe that you're bringing on onto your management program. But thank you again, Steve. We, we really appreciate the time today. No, listen, it's my pleasure. I love, I love talking about what I love. Absolutely. I love talking about what I love with people that love it too. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Steve. All right. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of Guest X. Be sure to sign up for our email list at guestxpodcast.com. That's guest, the letter X, podcast.com. And follow us on your favorite podcast app so you do not miss our next episode. We are Mr. Guest Experience, Brian Hamawi and Matthew Loney signing off and reminding you to always create a customer experience worth talking about.